Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast episode 237. It's indeed an X-Men episode as me and Ruben. Ruben's going to join me. We're going to go through Marauders and Excalibur and then I'll be going through Wolverine at the end. But before we get into all of that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can go over to the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We will follow you back 100% follow back policy there. You can go over to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and you can read our written reviews, news, previews, all of that stuff. And we have a Patreon account where you can go and support us for the three podcasts we have here on our regular feed. But that's not all. Don't act yet. You also get a lot more. One of the things, if you go over and just at the dollar level, you get a couple things uh, for the support, but one of them would be most of the podcasts, if not all of them, have early access. So you'd be able to listen to these shows a little earlier, sometimes a couple of days earlier. Now, we also have, at the other levels and things, we have other things going on. But one of the big things, me and Brandon get together each week to do a Marvel Comics Patreon-only spotlight episode, where two books are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, and it's in a poll on the patron and when they end up finishing their votes we don't demand a recount nothing like that we go okay what are we doing and the things this week it looks like symbiote spider-man king and black number one definitely will be on the patron that will be a patron only review their podcast uh maybe with looks like amazing spider-man number 53 is actually in second place so if that's the case me and clay We'll be doing that. Me and Brandon will do Symbiote Spider-Man. But things change as well. You also have Juggernaut, Immortal Hulk, Fantastic Four, and Venom kind of, you know, jousting their way through there as well. But, yeah, every Wednesday night we end up having our Patreon-only spotlight. And, like I said, it's about an hour-long episode, so you get more. But you also get more each level on other shows, a events podcast for Marvel. Uh, I just did a podcast talking with Double A-Ron about the first issue that he ever bought. And I think it was Captain America 359. I think that was the number, but it was the Wheel of Death Part 3, also the first appearance of Crossbones, and it had a backup with U.S. Agent. It was the heck of an issue. And me and me and Double A Ron went through that and talked about that, but a bunch of other things. Check out the, uh, the show notes. There'll be links to all these things, and you can go check it out for yourself because we're going to get off to these books. And it's a... A week where I was told at one point that a lot of people were done with this Ten of Swords. And I'm, Lord, what are you talking about? How could how could one week frustrate you that much? I mean, some of these people who told me that were full in, 100%, 110%, even like Pete Rose. They, they ended up like nothing could sway them off of this Hickman, X-Men, slash Ten of Swords, slash whoever. And now they're swayed. They, they ended up saying, this is the most ridiculous thing. And And by the end... During Wolverine, I'll tell you that by the end of this week, it really did feel like all of the X-Men writers and art, all the create and Marvel itself were just standing around pointing and laughing at all, all of us for actually taking this seriously and spending time and money on it. So you, you can tell I'm already angry. 
but we're going to go off. It didn't start as angry because Marauders, okay, that was okay. But then, then the anger starts. The anger picks up. So we'll get to that right about now. All right. And I am here with Ruben for the third time. Ruben, this, this is three times that we kind of tried to record, but how are you doing? Uh, Groundhog's Day. <laughs> we'll just keep recording this over and over, over and, and over. over. We should be pretty good at it. Now, yeah. this is going to be a weird way here because we are going to start with Marauders. We did record Excalibur as well. That recording stuck, it seemed. It might be a little, I'm going to try to get it. So I think that this will clearly go through as me and you on Marauders, then me and you also on Excalibur, and then me still doing Wolverine because I still haven't read that yet. That's was all this, it's all wacky. Yes. Hopefully nobody realizes it except, I mean, we could (laughs) play the idea that we don't say anything, we'll go, but we're going to be talking things. And I think that we're probably going to add some things into this version of our Marauders review of based on what we say later in Excalibur. So hopefully it'll even be better uh, because, but who knows what we'll say about Excalibur. That's coming up later. But this is Marauders number 15, chapter 14 of Ten of Swords. I didn't ask you before. I will ask you now. Do you kind of wish that things would line up at least with one of these? It, It always gets me. And I know it can't because every book going and you have the chapters, but it just drives me nuts when I have to say Marauders number 15, chapter 14, I just I don't know it just gets me I'm, I'm yeah it's like a, it's that. a big blur I I just look at the banner and and I've been reading it that way yeah that's and I end up where yeah by the end at the at the end I end up looking at the checklist I'm like all right I guess I, now this is gonna play once we get done these credits of what happened at the beginning of this issue because I can't really pinpoint exactly what issue like if you ask me right now. What issues are coming out next week and what chapters are they in the Ten of Swords? You're asking the wrong guy. So when we go into this, there was a a bit of like a mind freak. Chris Angel entered or Ashton Kutcher trying to punk us. And I don't know why they did it, but it is written by Jerry Dugan and Benjamin Percy. Art by Stefano Caselli. Colors by Edgar Delgado and VCs Corey Pettit on Letters. And we get two recap pages, but one's a dupe. I'm going to read you the real one. Then we're going to talk about the dupe one. Champions of Krakow were selected to retrieve swords and participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Morocco. You hear this before, Ruben? Is this new to you? <laughs> What's this going is on? Why when we, yeah, this is why <laughs> when we get the uh, the dupe, when we go to this, which is the I, – I didn't believe it one bit because there's yeah. no way they're going to miss a chance to tell us that there is a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Morocco going on like, like we don't know. Now everyone has arrived in the Starlight Citadel ready to fight for their lives. But first dinner, this time for real. Now, the last issue that we did talk about was Marauders. It was Marauders 14, and that was but first dinner. Drove me nuts, and I wanted to slice somebody. And it ends up where at the end of that, Wolverine did – jump up and it was planned he was talking to storm and like yeah i'll get to it i'll get to it he jumps up and figures in his mind if we kill saturnine we can get done all this nonsense yeah and i'm i'm the opposite of brandon i think he's a huge wolverine fan that's what i've heard i actually can't stand wolverine i'm pretty much sick of that character i don't have sound effects ready but if i did you'd be getting the (laughs) how dare you which i am now gonna give you that i loaded it up uh yes well here's the thing if you're going to get Sick of it. That's why you're not going to like Wolverine because he shoved down your throat. A lot of people are like that. A lot of people. Yeah. This is a Batman problem. Over and, and as a kid, he was he was a character I adored. So you know, when I was looking at my old comic collection, I had a lot of Wolverine issues. 
So it's kind of funny that I'm now pretty much hate the character. Wolverine free. But, but, yeah. The big asterisk there is I do kind of dig the angle with him where he cares about the kids. He's kind of a, you know, a jerk, but he likes the kids. And so I, I did enjoy the whole dinner thing where he was really, really pissed that some of these inexperienced characters are going to be in this life or death tournament. And that's kind of why he, the tough guy, is going to go out and try to end it before it starts. And I, I've talked about it. If you go down, and it's more it's more a thing over at uh, DC where I like more of the jerk characters. You know, Guy Gardner's my favorite Green Lantern. I love Damian Wayne. I like all the... Because that, like you just said with Wolverine, where you still do like it when you see him being a good guy and caring. You usually get that more. Like, if, if you find out that, you know, Captain America ends up caring about it. You're like, yeah, that, that's Captain America. <laughs> but when you have a guy who's gruff like a Wolverine, that's what opens up that opportunity where you have two sides. Now, you end up having, say, I don't know, did anybody make a story like Cap is like, you know, a Hydra Nazi? Like, that would be cool, right, <laughs> Nick Spencer? But see what happens when you have a character that's always good and turns bad. People lose their minds. But when you have mm-hmm. a character that's usually gruff or mi- miserable or mean, be, when they're good then it's even better and, and that's what i do like about wolverine but it makes complete sense and it was set up well he had actually said to brian you know captain avalon listen jerk take one for the team sleep with this woman that's all she wants i mean the, he pretty much narrows it down too that's what's causing all these problems take one for the team we all would and you're not doing it you're a jerk he's pissed and that's where you end up at one of the points too i kind of did like where betsy tells him to piss off and then he goes up but plan b kill saturnine because she's the one who's doing this without her around uh, the, the troops of rock they can't get to unless that external gate is as re-upped they cannot get anywhere more than this. Yeah, they can take over Otherworld, but what does Wolverine care about that? What do I care about that? Yeah, I don't entirely understand what the plan is. Is Saturnine going to like reconstitute this gate, or is it that there's portals on the Citadel and they'll go through that? But that I mean, I think it's got to be the other places. I think, yeah, and I think that he just pretty much well, – Wolverine might think – I don't know, maybe, because what we do, we'll just, we'll get into this in a minute because of the idea where you start off with a dupe page. You get a mind freak, Chris Angel, you get punked, where they start off making you think that it's stuck. He killed Saturnine, and there's some really bad repercussions, especially for Krakoa, for the mutants, because they just get destroyed. The war that could happen at the end of this tournament, but has been pushed ahead quickly because Saturnine is supposedly dead, has caused pretty much our whole entire world to be destroyed. Not just Krakoa, but the Avengers get beaten. Fantastic Four, Asgard, all done. The Araco, their troops, all of them, the horsemen, you know, Genesis and I, they completely wipe out everything. And it says Wolverine saw it with deathless eyes. And it's kind of a really cool line there because he heals so and there's a there are a lot of stories and they've come up recently where and i keep mentioning the healing factor is great like right it's not actually you ever hear anybody say like hey what superpower do you want you know i want to fly i want to be invisible i want a healing factor. i never heard somebody say a healing factor 
be pretty yeah, good, though, I don't right? Want that. It'd be pretty cool. No, I don't it's, want that because you're, then you're the person that gets stabbed that's all the, the time. It's like, go stick your hand in the Oh, it's everything <laughs> like that. Yeah, all of a sudden somebody <laughs> drops a ring down into the, the garbage disposal. You're the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but And, and they, they usually, at points, they really do have to point out, like, just like the deaths and, and resurrections with the whole Krakoan stuff in this Dawn of X, it's, it's still not a pleasant thing. You know, so healing, we, we've seen Logan heal from some really bad things and he's not having a good time. One of the other one, Deadpool has it worse. I mean, he, cause he gets killed in the wackiest ways. But like I said, and I agree with you because when you go down the line, a lot of stories that are like old man Logan, dead man Logan, even resurrection, Marvel zombies deal. They always end up using that healing factor against Wolverine. They flay him. To eat him so that he can redeal. He's an all night buffet. They end up torture, yeah. torture to a Wolverine. It, it ups the ante so much because you can do so much without killing him. <laughs> it's just yeah. a horror. Yeah. So, no, he, it's yeah. So worst. I like that line. Uh, basically, that is the worst. Wolverine is the one who gets to watch all this because he keeps healing. He doesn't die, but you, you see a little of it. And, and most people that I talk to, they did say, you included me, you know, I end up Matt Razor, who does the Star Wars podcast with me. He said it and he said it right away. Hey, how about that start to that Marauders? Didn't you think you lost, you know, didn't read some issues? That's the problem. You want to wow people here. You want to dupe them in a point where when you see that it's not real, they want to go, oh, my God, you, you screwed with me. But most people I talked to thought they missed an issue and started searching for that issue they missed. Only to find yeah, they that was didn't, my problem. and then they get pissed. The, you're not, yeah, you're I got not, a little bit pissed. Yeah, you're not having and it's fun. Clear that once you realize that you didn't miss an issue, and you read all that, you're like, no, this did not happen because this is like six issues of information. Yeah, <laughs> on one page, <laughs> and and that that actually was I I thought. You mean we we finally we're still not at the the fireworks factory, but you gave us another fireworks factory. Then I thought. Wait a second. We still have all these issues left. What are they going to do? Is this not going to be about the tournament? So the, the way that they did this it is kind of clever in a way because it does also show Logan and anybody who would complain. It's not going to work. You can't try to kill Saturnine. Stuff goes wrong then. So then you can't have, and I always picture it's like, you know, an old Star Trek convention, Stork's there, and he finds out, well, well, if Captain Kirk was supposedly in this planet at that point, then how did him and Spock end up going on a honeymoon in that planet? You know, one of those things where you end up having this in comics a lot where it seems like they're throwing that out there so they don't get yelled at later. So it's a smart thing to do. I think that the way they did it did not play out well, and it got a lot of people angry. It got a lot of people so pissed off because they thought they missed an issue. So I, I think that also, and we said it the first time we recorded, uh, I'd rather see this. If this is what really happened, while I'm reading, I'm like, really? Like, we're not going to see the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and, and all the troops of Asgard? We're not going to see this? What are, you, what are you doing? And then you realize, like you said, yeah, that's a lot of issues worth of stuff there that they're just throwing at you. And then you see. I mean, you could have combined the two Hickman issues, and this could have been one of them. Damn right you could have. Then I'm I'm right with you. I'm going to say, how, how dare, dare you? you? But that's towards them, not you, Robin, because that's <laughs> true, because they had three issues with the same thing from a different angle. This would have been yeah. cool. And j just imagine. And, and again, you have to imagine 
that this is taking the place of some of the other things. If uh, if I say, imagine you have a whole issue, some people are like, really? You've been yelling that you want to get to the tournament. This stalls it out more. Not really if you can tighten up some of those or one X-Men of the two issues. Wolverine issues, right? That would have worked too. Yeah. So tighten something up that you can actually get to because once you start reading, and if you had the start where it is Wolverine killing Saturn, so you're replaying that like, okay, yep, we're re-seeing that. So you're like, it happened. You know, and then go to see all of this stuff that they're saying to be at the end of the issue thinking that, holy crap, it's it's over. I mean, Wolverine messed up and then have Excalibur yeah, and come you back. Have, you don't have this page. The next issue is just, you know, Wolverine on the, the cross crucified and then Saturnine. Saturnine you know, comes stabbing up him. and she's like, I'm going to see how this is and ends up running through claws with him, basically showing two things in my mind. She's more badass than we think, and she she's pretty powerful. We kind of knew this, but it's good to, to remind that. But also, I said to you before we start, I think this is a clear reminder that or, – or actually showing you that they can't just kill her. That's not going to work, but also a clear reminder going into this where since we haven't had a lot of the Arako side of things, and a lot of people may not even know some of the characters – this pretty much puts a pin in the idea that if the mutants lose and the Arako troops are allowed to go through that external gate, nothing's stopping them. That Because this is, as far as we know, an accurate future. Maybe it's Saturnine playing with things. You could always say that. But if this is an accurate future, the, the mutants better win this tournament or we're all in trouble. The whole world is in trouble. Also showing that Arako, they're not just going to stop. And this has been said before. They're not just going to stop with Krakoa. They're going to go and destroy the entire world. They are pissed and they're going to go. So I, I, at the end, I can, I can appreciate what it's trying to do. I think that just, it, it didn't play out as well as it should. So we pull out of there. And it's funny because Logan's just standing there and he's like, how the hell? Now, at this point, Storm still thinks that Logan is about to attack. He's about to kill her. And that's the plan. And he doesn't do it. And he just like, oh, crap. And he like goes. And that's where you have Saturnine say like, yeah, just sit down. Your food's getting cold. <laughs> and really, you're not. <laughs> now, she is saying his food's getting cold. He's, he's eating sushi. And I'm like, warm sushi. But we saw that War, sitting next to Logan, had poisoned his sushi. And I even mentioned last issue, I hope that they don't end up having Logan get sick as if he ate the sushi because he didn't. But who eats it? Yeah, we got Cypher here eating it, which which is good and interesting, except it just seems out of character. I don't see him just reaching over and grabbing food off of Wolverine's plate. Maybe some other people, but one, I don't think they're that close. And two, I just wouldn't do that to Wolverine well, if I was I pretty either. much anyone. And also, you are playing up Cypher as a guy way out of his element, really nervous about all of this. And, and even when we get to the Excalibur issue next, even in this, they're having a dinner. The next day... One of them are going to be fighting at least, right? And so I think that Cypher at this point, I don't know that he'd have much of an appetite. He's been nervous about this the whole time. I think that in my mind, I would have had, and you do have him and Magic later on in the issue, I would have had them like, oh, where's Magic and Cypher? And Cypher's trying to get that last bit of training in like he was because he is petrified that he's going to have to fight. Or maybe he's just like, yeah, what? Maybe that's the deal. There's Wolverine, right? 
what does it matter? He thinks he's going to die in the next day or so. He's like, <laughs> he has eh, a I, might wish, just, yeah. I might as well push it, you know, and maybe he'd rather die from Wolverine or maybe Wolverine will stab him and he'll get out. Now, this is where we end up having something that pops up in this issue that kind of does end up still being a mystery to me and you. What happens if Cypher says, I'm not fighting? What happens if he forfeits? What happens? Do they just win a point? You know, and you're fine or does something else happen? Because if I'm Cypher and I do end up getting put against anybody sword to sword, uh, I'm just forfeiting. I'm not fighting. And I would say to everyone, listen, I'm sorry about this. I know we want that point, but I'm not getting it. I'm starting with the handicap. Yeah. Like just imagine (laughs) it's Cypher, you know, versus Annihilation. There's no way. I mean, why even have that fight? Right? It's, it's so yeah. ridiculous. It's like yeah. you know the Jets playing anyone lately, right? You know, <laughs> I, I hope that Rob Lewis is not listening. But uh, yeah, he ends up eating the sushi. He's poisoned. He starts dying. And there's a couple things here where Logan smells the poison, so he's like, "Oh my God, stop! It's all, it's always too late." That sort of thing's always too late. Cipher's dying. You do end up having. The, you know, Araco, the Iraqians, I, I hate to say Iraqians because I've never really heard anybody use that in the full deal. So I try to say, but the Iraqians, they end up reacting different ways. You end up, Iska actually tries to save him. She, you know, gives him a, a tracheotomy and it's awful. I mean, really, it's, it's like it's worse than just like an in the field deal. She just runs him through with a knife or Wolverine says, I could have done that. And she said, why don't you? Um, But. You do have the white sword come and he pretty much heals Cypher and he's pissed. He's mad. And there's a big deal that he tells him, you know, hey, you're healed. You see the poison kind of, you know, the poison's coming out of him. And he says, you don't have anything with me anymore. You don't owe me anything because uh, you said it before. Tell them what happens usually with the white sword. Yeah. So if he uses his healing abilities on you and it saves your life, then you're now, I guess, power bound to him and you join his kind of crusade, his hundred man army. And it seems like, yeah, that's how he replenishes the deal. Yeah. And they just keep going reset each day. And you pretty much Chewbacca to Han Solo. And and I don't care what people say. I'm still mad. I think that Han should have lifted that life debt long ago. They're buddies now. They shouldn't have (laughs) that. But, you know, still there. That's why Chewbacca doesn't get a medal at the end of New Hope. He's there. He's just a life debt. He's He's just a worker. I'm telling you, the minute that they they do what I'm saying, you're like, okay, Chewbacca, life debt over. Whoa, 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 whoa. He just runs away. He's out. That means (laughs) screw you, Han. I'm out. I'm going back to Itchy. But, yeah, you end up with that uh, going on. And White Sword, he does this because he's pissed. He is angry because this is cheating. This is cheating in a tournament. Now, one of the funny things of all this, you know, brouhaha going on is that the only people who don't get up are opposite sides of the table, Apocalypse and Genesis, that are just staring at each other. And then the pretty much the divorced father who hasn't seen the kids in a while and is pissed that yeah. his wife hasn't raised them well, but maybe he does like it because he says, I see you did well with the children. And she's like, I did my best. I mean, what can I do? You ended yeah, up, you I, know. I did laugh at that. that. Oh, it was good. That was pretty good. And I, that's about when I started thinking, okay, this is a pretty fun issue. Yeah, I, I started liking it here too. And also I just figured that after that we pull away from them, but they just agreed to 
drop off the kids at Burger King next time, not the Starlight Citadel, Burger King. So everybody's up in arms. They're trying to figure out what's going on. This is a huge moment, a huge moment where Brian sees what went on. You see War actually tries to defend this. Listen, this is War, so right into her deal, but that Wolverine is trouble. He might cause us some real pain, so I was just trying to level things out, right? So you end up, unfortunately, you know, it makes it worse when the weakest of the weak ends up getting poison and White Sword has to. I wonder if you ended up having White Sword had to save Wolverine because it would have been the same deal. He would have saved him. And then he's like, listen, you don't have to join my army yet because I think he might be more. I think that he lets Cypher go because Cypher ain't doing nothing. He does basically at this point in this he is C-3PO. He is a protocol droid that just knows how to speak bocce. Nobody cares. Nobody needs Cypher. So he's like, I don't need you. In a weird way, this actually improves their odds, right? Yeah. Like, you don't know the rules, right? You don't want this, like, weak link on the mutant side, like, out, right? Because now you're going to get paired with the ones that can actually fight. So you want to keep him in the tournament so that you can get that easy point. Yeah, really. So, yeah, you're right as well. And it's really, though, it, it does seem like the White Sword is um, like an honorable guy. Like, yeah, you he's know, got it from an honor angle. He's and a he, jerk, that's maybe, but yeah, he, when it comes to a parlay, he does not cheat. Well, war, all's fair in love and war. And we see that, and we really see it because then Brian goes over to Saturnine. Again, Wolverine has said, why don't you just take one for the team? Why don't you just do this? That's all she wants. She'll stop this nonsense. Please just go do that, you jerk. He won't do it. But he does go over to her and say, listen, please, you know, me and you have a nice relationship kind of. And uh, the Arako, they they just cheated. We should win by forfeit. You should declare Krakoa the winner by forfeit. They cheated. They tried to do that. And it's over, right? And she's like, well, no, because Wolverine tried to kill me. Now you're even. It's pretty much the the classic, which drives me nuts, is the uh, you know the the dual penalties. You know, where all of yeah. a sudden some guy ends up you know hacking me in, in uh, freaking hockey. I turn around and push him. You know, I get a roughing along with this. And I'm like, yeah. really? Like you're gonna even this up? That's bullcrap. And that's what happens. So it is kind of a funny deal, though. They're like. Wolverine, you jerk, like it could have been over. So Wolverine actually, because of that, trying to stop it in his way to save everyone, he doomed them at this point, though. I'm not sure that's actually what happened, though, because didn't this whole thing start with the Starlight Citadel being sieged? Yeah. It looked like the the Iraqis were just going to take it by force, and Saturnine, I'm not sure, was confident that she could win. And they, they... they came up with this whole tournament as like a mutually assured destruction thing for her. Yeah, yeah. I I think that she's fooling them. I think that she's, you know, doing a little bullcrap. I think that she uses that as a as a way to get it. Pretty much, she can even up the penalties now. And now they're both ah nope, we're still going to go. So they end up we're we're going to have the dinner. At one point, everybody wants to leave. They're like, "This crap, I'm leaving." Like, no, no, no. Let's have this dinner. Let's have the dinner. And this is where we do finally get the dinner and the fun kind of and this is a bit of a jokey issue you have and not jokey but it is it's got some humor to it when you end up having death there and his anubis outfit right he's all garbed up he's got a brand going and they serve him scarabs and he freaks out and i like the idea of this it's it's kind of the idea of you know any sort of 
religion or whatever anybody's against and you serve it to them and it's like really yeah. like that they're sacred to me this is this yeah. isn't chilled monkey brains like indiana jones right you ended up where and i i swear i'm gonna get more star wars and indiana jones references in this than i ever thought i could but you end up where he <laughs> even you know hey you want to see how how much i care and death takes off his mask and I, that confused me at first i thought there was a misplay on the art but he looks up and sees it and then his face is just falling apart like the nazi at the end of raiders right <laughs> yes and the other thing that cracked me up here is who's this waiter that thinks he's gonna <laughs> kind of throw it back at a guy named death like oh i ordered the i ordered the carrots How and i brought you, you this meat this guy's like, and I, was like, I didn't get the order wrong. You got the order yeah, wrong. Yeah, you got it. It's like one of those where you have the classic where, uh, hey, uh, can you tell the chef to cook this anymore? And you see the chef in the background with the, the cleaver and he's all pissed off. Yeah. But I don't know that this plays out as well as it should, though, because the guy goes yeah. to serve Scarab, right? You end up death like, you dare serve me the sacred beetle. He grabs his helmet. You never see him quite remove it, but it is removed the next panel. But like I said, I got a little – and then his face starts to fall, and then he just completely disintegrates in the next deal. And I think that some people wouldn't even realize, like, he disintegrated, but because it goes too quick from panel to panel, there's too yeah, much. Yeah, I didn't exactly understand what was going on. I was like, is that a beetle swarm? Is that, Yeah, really. And, and what's so going on there? it is a little – but then he goes back to get the beetle, which, you know, what is he going to do with it? What, what is he going to, you know, pet it? And L- Logan's eating it because he heard <laughs> definitely heard like you think that's sacred all right and it's funny because he's doing what we think that cypher shouldn't have done with the sushi he's gonna get that and also here's the deal you think that part of it is logan's like i'm not eating anything directly served to me because i don't trust these jerks anymore so i'm gonna grab (laughs) his and on the unfortunately we don't get the classic of every time hey look over there you switch the deal everybody's turning things around and whatnot then they all die but yeah he eats it looks disgusting it looks, it is ch- like chilled monkey brains. I don't want to eat that. I'd never eat that. Do you ever eat any like bugs? Like, I know it became a big thing when I was in college, actually, where you would be able to, you know, hey, the chocolate covered like ant. chocolate ants. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. It's fine. Yeah. But I'm not down with it's that. It's certainly not something I'm seeking out. No. I do love sushi, though. That's one of my favorites. That is one of my favorite things, sushi. And I, I like pork rinds as well. And that's not real related. But yeah, you end up where they're not going to change. I think you're right. Like you said, I don't think that Saturnine was going to change anything anyway. She needs this to happen. And I still think that overall it is to get Brian back to being Captain Britain. And it's going to be one of those things where that seems like such a small thing when you're talking about Araco versus Krakoa, Islands, Deal, Separated, all that. But I don't think that Saturnine, I don't think that's beyond her being just, you know, petty. And wanting her way and always wanting to get it. I could see her risking a complete uh, two civilizations just to get Brian to be Captain Britain again. And with that, you end up where Captain Britain does say, okay, well, I tried. Thank you for listening to me. Uh, And she says, listen, we can stop this. You just have to be Captain Britain. She says it right there. Still, perhaps some accommodations could be made if you were to lift the right sword and reclaim the mantle you were destined for. He says, no. Right there, I'm like, really? Like, please, yeah. just everybody get together and figure out yeah, a plan. Yeah, he's kind of a dick in this move. Yeah, why, in this, in this why panel, can't you like, just say, you know. I get the not cheating on your wife thing, but. Yeah, 
We'll like, deal with that down the just line. Just take a different job and save all these people. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be nah. like, hey, we got a deal. Now, yes, maybe maybe he's got to get a hold of his wife, too, and say, listen, we might have to have an open relationship here, whether you like it or not. But even if it's just the idea, let's just become Captain Britain first, tournament over, everybody goes home. Still, though, the weird thing is, is Arako, they're pretty much in Otherworld now. They took over Dryden and all that. So they're there to stay. I think that that's another thing that's in the back of the writers' minds to make sure that it's just not like, oh, no fuss, no muss, you go home. There's still problems in Otherworld then. Again, why I think Saturnine is, is playing the deal. But if I was told you can have a job in Chicago and you got to do this, and if not, you know, everybody in the world dies, I, I don't know. I think I might have to take that job because. You'd at least ask for the details. He doesn't even go for the details. He's just like, meh, I'm good. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think Logan should go up and say, listen, I saw a future. You're worried about your wife and your kid. And if, yeah. if we lose this, they're dead. I mean, nobody seems to be surviving out of this if we lose. So you taking one for the team might be the benefit of everyone. But he's an honorable guy and, and yeah. until he isn't. But he, he is. And he says, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. Please don't go to bits. And she says, no, not I. Yeah, it totally seems like a throwaway comment. But when we get to Excalibur, we see Iska shattering uh, Betsy into like bits of stained glass. So this is kind of a cool foreshadowing that, you know, I didn't appreciate. And until again, when we, we were talking later, uh, we bring up the idea that that seems to be the plan. Like uh, the things that seem to be happening at random, I don't think are as random as we think. And Saturnine really is just pulling strings left and right, and we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, you end up where they serve unicorn. You know, I, would you eat that? Seriously, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm not going to judge you, Ruben. If they had unicorn <laughs> being served at a dinner, would you eat it? Because I would, because... I mean, this is basically just horse, right? And I'd, I'd eat horse. And I, I'm sure you could say it might be on the endangered list because we don't have... But I don't know that, right? And I, who yeah. knows? I mean, wherever this is and whatever, they might have a million of them. They might be so yep. overrun with unicorns. But it does seem like even, you know, the white sword's like, oh, my God, unicorn? Oh, my goodness. I usually don't eat. So it is like a big thing. But you even have <laughs> Storm will eat it. Wolverine's digging in. But... That's where Summoner says to uh, White Sword, hey, why didn't you get that kid in your arm? And he's like, no, I don't cheat. This is cheating. It's nonsense. We don't need to do that. Though, I will mention that the unicorn served very rare. I mean, this <laughs> thing looks raw, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is yeah. blood dripping down the White Sword's face. Also, I want to mention, I hate calling anybody the White Sword. It seems weird, especially in a, in a sword battle thing. Seems weird. But you end up with all that. And uh, Cable then starts. Now, this is where, and as this issue goes, I think there's important things that are going that might be a little more subtle than, than we think. But also, as this, the deal goes, I start to enjoy it more. And I start having fun. And it is some of the character deals where there's Cable's just sitting there like the kid at the dinner table with his family. And there's Apocalypse and Genesis. And he's just like, this seems like it'd be uncomfortable for you guys. And they just stare at him. And they weird, he says. And I think that maybe Apocalypse, just the look would have been fine. But Apocalypse has to explain. Weird is a word that we don't explain. You know, we don't use Cable. I'm like, eh, you kind of ruined the joke. <laughs> you kind of you stepped on the joke. But then he's like... All right, well, I'm going to head off. He goes to get dessert and then goes to Iska, Iska, the unbeatable, the unbeaten, and basically says, you know, are you really unbeaten? Now, 
Also, I do want to point out something that will play out later, and I did forget it for the, the third time. When all hell breaks loose and everybody is going to fight when Cypher gets poisoned, you actually have Logan, Wolverine, go up to Iska and says, the only reason you aren't, you're unbeaten is because you haven't fought me. He says it. That's the trash talk. Later, I mention yep. it where the trash talk isn't, you're, you're unbeaten because you don't know how to fight. That don't make sense. Logan knows yeah. how to trash talk. And he says it yep. here, which I didn't really, it didn't register before. And later, I'll start yelling about it. He says, you know, <laughs> I could have done that, you this. And then basically just says, they only call you unbeatable because you've never faced me. That's trash talk, and that's that's good. Betsy. Well, one of these people is a good writer, and the other is that is, is true. That a is true. Struggling. I'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> struggling, and it's one of the main writers on the deal. Well, it goes over to Iska, and you get some some quick fun here. Hey, are you unbeatable in everything? Can you never lose? You know all that. And that, actually, it's funny too because the idea of unbeaten versus never can lose a lot different. You know because she's just unbeaten. So, but they they start playing games. Pin the tail on, you know, Pog or Pog and Wolverine. That's pretty funny. And she just, they're, they're just playing goofy games and she keeps winning. You even said, you know, stacking champagne glasses. She's blindfolded. She can't, like all these things going on. And she yeah. just, she's unbeaten. She can't lose in all this. She can even pick where the, the bullet is or whatever that is under 17 cups. She, she always picks right. And it's one of those where it's a cool little deal to just kind of get humorous character moment cable seems like he might want to go marry iska yeah and i think she's i think she's pretty cool as a character yeah, as I do some of these characters i'm actually thinking like after this event maybe they can join the crack Owens because they are mutants right and it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see some of these as like characters for the future and you add that in and now you're getting apocalypse children maybe they start conspiring of you know you get some fun yeah. things right yeah and I would like that. I would actually, and, and really, if they would, I could see a Four Horsemen book, you know, that they have them as a team led by Apocalypse, maybe. That that would be interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick it up and check it out. We're going to pick up everything, Robin, please. You, you, you end <laughs> up, you, you're reading you're reading Excalibur, right? Did you, did you pick up all of Fallen Angels? I, I did do that. Yeah, there you and go. And I stuck with Excalibur for a while. You, oh, you, uh, but I bailed. Yeah, I bailed. But um, you did get all six fallen angels. I, I did. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're getting anything. You, you'll get at least the first arc <laughs> of anything. Then you, you telling me that you'd pick up, but you're not. So you're not selling me on how great it would be by you picking up because I would be the yeah. same deal. So you end up though with this, and and where you get out of this, and the, the neat little deal of this little games that they're playing, and she Iska ends up, you know. But you get more of the character, right? The character's a little more fleshed out, and also. You even see the idea that to at least the Iraqis, they're going to fight the next day. I think that they are better prepared to win. They have a team pretty badass. I mean, here's the deal. You have Cypher death, right? You, you have, you know, mm -hmm. you just name any of them. And then you have war. I mean, these are pretty badass. people, And so you are getting the idea they're they're not. Against this is just the way of their life, and it is pushed in with Red Root and and Death after the scene. They are not necessarily like we hate these mutants. They just need to do their job to do what they need to do, and have had horrible yeah. a horrible life. They pretty much have been abused, used all this time to do the job that they needed to do. 
And so they're not necessarily, well, war is war, but still, you end up having Iska. Iska doesn't seem like she is any bit upset at, you know, anybody cable magic you know not coming off like i'm not going to talk to you or anything i know you were kind of a little down on the hickman issue but there is that interesting angle of annihilation or you know genesis annihilation which is that and these are her children right so yep and then like their friends in a way they're kind of just trying to keep their crew together right because they know that if they don't keep advancing this agenda that this that you know the real big bad behind the curtain has then the demon horde kind of goes berserk and destroys everything probably including the Krakoans. and that's true and and we may and uh, that's the thing we may end up at the end of this finding out that everything that we think will happen if Araka wins even that supposed future is is bullcrap it, it might end up being one of the and I wouldn't pull it past Hickman to show that you know the the real twist is the the Rockians need to win. Unfortunately, you have to keep remembering that if any of the mutants die here, they ain't coming back right. There's a really, you yeah. know, ninety nine point nine 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 point, you know, percentage chance they're not coming back right. So you don't want that. But the whole tournament I mean the last issue has to be against a month. That's what I assume. Yeah, and you would think that maybe it's like everybody, you know, all hands right. on deck going on yeah. there. Or you end up finding out like the idea it could even come down to where it's you would you would guess that, you know, Apocalypse and Genesis Annihilation like that, but it might end up being somebody who realizes that the only way for us to win the war here is for us to lose the battle and ends up saying, and it would be a crazy deal. Just say it is Apocalypse. And he ends up realizing, I can't, I can't win. If I win here, it, we're going to be all done. But if I die, I don't come back right. And that would be a crazy, you know, bit of a, you know, snag to get caught into of what you have to do and what is right and what is wrong. Again, though, remember, Apocalypse gets stuck in our world to pretty much gather up a war, you know, thing. The war is coming. So it all ties into that as well, which I think is interesting. And even here where you have Red Run and uh, Death talking about, man. You know, these these people, these mutants, they're not really ready for this. Like, they're pretty much and, – and they are looking and basically looking at Magic and Cable having fun with Iska. Like, they're not really prepared. And you end up them saying, like, maybe they've been coddled too much. Ren Rod says, no, maybe they just have a better world. Maybe they're they're just not sentenced to the hell that we went through. Like, don't think that they're just coddled. Maybe we were overly – prepared for just all this nonsense and maybe it'd be nice to go to crack maybe it would be cool to just not have to worry about that horde behind our back at all times and worry about dying every second of the day maybe it'd be nice to be able to joke around and i think that that is what you said giving you a hint of in my mind yeah i'd like some of these characters to go off you know death i i would like because i i actually have really enjoyed most of the things with death so far so i can say yeah you know i'll let death i'm gonna be the one who's to judge who goes unfortunately red root you're not allowed i don't like red root at all (laughs) even though red root's the one like maybe it'd be nice to be there i'm like no we don't need you we don't need you but no pogger pog is getting left behind nobody is bringing him along well pogger pog's good if they need some like somebody there for the amateur night rap battle that's where i would (laughs) need him there we'd have a great old time here and and so when, when you're doing all these things though you could kind of look and think like who could like just say 
you know, some just say Cypher would end up. Now we kind of know what goes on, but but just say Cypher ends up dying. Now, he nobody can commute with, you know, the Krakoa, maybe Mondo, but he's crazy. But would there be people here that would be able to replace them in? And I'm just looking at some. I'm like, maybe we'd have to think about it. Like if if this person died, well, death would kind of fill in that slot. But yeah. we'll see the how it goes. They should be able to communicate. To Krakoa, yeah, that's and that's if why I understand I, her powers. She wouldn't necessarily be able to understand, but yes, she could convey information. And the thing is, that's the deal. Is when you start thinking about, and that's kind of the one where you know ciphers out Bay's in, and you could do that, but we don't kind of get that yet. We'll have to see how things are without double dipping, possibly. But at the end, pretty much Saturnine's like, "All right, everybody, wrap it up. Hey, you know, you're going to go back to your rooms." Here you go. And also, we're going to check who's fighting. The first tournament battle will finally, finally get to the Fireworks Factory next issue. And it is Iska, the unbeaten of Araco, versus Betsy Braddock to the death. Now, as this goes and you read this, I thought, yeah, to the death. That's what they all are. I mean, we pretty much have been setting up this idea where we have sword fights and you got that's not quite the deal. So her doing this saying to the death is also seemingly laying down the rules as well at the beginning of this where they're going to fight to the death. Uh, and then even later, I hear that gets a little wonky. It's like a monkey paw later of, of what to the death means and what that does. But we'll see because that's the end of this issue. I liked it. I actually, I'm telling you, we've done this a couple of times. I like it more each time. I actually enjoy it because I think there are some subtle things that you pick up with multiple reads. And not just multiple reads, because most people will read Marauders this week first. It's the next one in line. If you read the next issue and then go back to this. And then go back, yeah. That's one of my favorite things is if there's... If you're rewarded for rereading an issue, I think the issue is a good issue. I sometimes, and this actually got brought up by uh, Matt on the Star Wars deal, and he doesn't like that. But I think that he has a different version of that. He thinks that if you read the issue and then have to go reread that issue immediately again because you didn't understand it, that's what he doesn't like. But I like the idea that as we go and you go and read the next issue and the next issue, then go back and read where you have the full grasp of what's going to happen, what's being a little... Then you realize, you know what, this is a little smarter than I thought. And there was a couple of foreshadows. And and some of these yep. foreshadowings, like, you know, don't go to bits, not I. That That's more of a wink, wink. Like, there's no way that yeah. at, when you read that, you're going to be like, oh, my God, Betsy. Like, you're never yeah, going to do no, that. Exactly. But when you find out and then go back, you're like, she knew what she was going to do. You're like, <laughs> yep. oh, my God. Yep. Holy yep. crap. And it actually, in my mind, it makes – um. It ends up making Saturnine to me more of a badass, but also it makes me, I don't know why, I like her more. I'm like, you are smarter because I thought that she was being duped. Now I think all the stuff that led to the Starlight Sword, I'll mention it when we talk Excel, all this was, she knew. it looked like she was she being was duped. She was not. She, yeah, yeah, she was, tr- she was crisscross applesauce in them is what she was doing. And it's crazy. But yeah, she ends up drawing the deal. We're going to get the unbeaten versus. Captain um you Captain Britain Betsy so and and really when we go through this you always think that yeah you know you end up Saturday once Betsy gone so you have to think even after this like it's not going to go well we just saw that you know Iska doesn't lose and so we'll see and I still think it's a full dupe but what what would you give this I think I might have said seven eight last time we recorded but I think a more just eight I'm in like, an eight just too. solid eight I like the the art. 
I like what's yep. going on. I didn't like the dupe at the beginning. That has to affect your score a bit because you end up getting, you know, punked and then you're pissed. And, and then it really doesn't mean much except that, hey, Logan, you can't kill him. So you get that. I, I think Logan, like, yeah, I'll still take that. <laughs> he just does it anyway. He's like, I don't care. I'm still going to kill you. But overall, yeah, I did like it. And now we're going to go off to Chalk Excalibur, which me and you did already. So it's kind of a weird deal. Like we're even doing the podcast with that reread. I think that that's kind of cool. But maybe I'm saying that because I wanted to cry every time that it didn't work out. That's all I'm saying that for. But we are going to be done there. And me and Ruben will be back right now with Excalibur. Excalibur number 14, which is the next one, which is chapter 15. It's Teeny Howard. It's Excalibur. Art by Phil Noto. Letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. And, yeah, this, this just threw me off. This whole deal threw me off. Champions of Krakow were selected or tree swords to participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Rocco. Now everyone has arrived in the Starlight Citadel, ready to fight for their lives. So we have this whole deal. And we didn't even mention what you had, had said. Yeah, Betsy versus Iska. They end up like, hey, they have a little trash talking before. Let's give them a good show. Let's do this. You know, I'm ready. And they go. But we saw Iska. She can't lose, and it's just funny that that's the first fight, and it seems like you know Saturnina set it up. I, I don't like the dialogue in this issue. I don't like things that end up happening. And then my biggest problem with Teeny Howard through this whole thing with Excalibur is big things happen, and then they're pushed aside immediately, and then other things aren't set up to become the next big thing. So you end up with this fight, and even with the people in the crowd, you know, there's – at a girl bets, you know, you have Wolverine yelling. I'm like, all right, this is a this is a fight to the death, and they know this. <laughs> Wolverine had gone to the full out where he was willing to kill Saturnine and start pretty much World War Twelve to stop this, and now everybody's having a grand old time. And, and yeah. the idea of them, if they die, they're done. And yet they're hey, all right, Betsy. Hey, nobody seems concerned. You know, mess her up, Captain. Yeah, and they're there. Apocalypse has his. Yeah, arms. Captain Avalon looks like he's having a really good time. Yeah, everybody's just fired up, and it, this is a. And yeah, there's there's Brian. His sister is fighting somebody that's called the Unbeaten, and if she loses, she's done. He doesn't have her anymore, even with the. So they start fighting. And yeah, yeah, Betsy and they're doing okay. And Betsy, again, isn't taking it that seriously in my mind. She's like, oh, man, you are pretty good. And then the, the weird trash talk that I don't understand. The, the line should be what? They say you can't lose. That means you've never fought someone like me. That's the line. That would be you can't lose. Well, you never fought me. No, she says you can't lose. That just means you never learned how to fight. Doesn't even make sense. That's the worst trash talk ever. I'm putting that down. Worst ever trash talk. That doesn't make sense. What? You, you can't lose us playing hockey? That's because you never learned to play the hockey. They're like, what are you talking about? No, we did. That's why we win. We're undefeated, jerk. I don't understand. And this just starts it where all of a sudden then Iska shatters the, the sword. Boom. That the Starlight Sword, which again – is something of Saturnine's. This is all in my mind, the setup. You know, Saturnine, and and there's the double-cross applesauce. He ended up having where it seemed like Betsy and Brian thought that they played Saturnine because she got the Starlight Sword, but it seems like maybe not, that there's something. And I don't think right now, I'm, I'm calling it, I don't think that Betsy is legitimately dead here. 
I think that something has happened and she's gone. I think that it's going to tie into the multiversal deal of the Captain Britain Corps that we had, you know, thrown in out of nowhere some from before. We were reminded of that, but never was resolved. They were in jail when Jamie ended up saving Betsy. And I have a feeling that because now with this, because there you go, shattered. Betsy is supposedly dead, shattered in pieces, but it makes no real sense with that. But the idea where I think that it's going to end up where at the end, Krakow is losing by one. Betsy comes here. I'm alive. Oh, we got to reverse it. It's a tie now. And you'll have a final battle, Betsy versus Iska again as a rematch for all of the marbles. I'm just calling it out of nowhere. But that's what I say, because the idea of Betsy dying here, you know, people, oh, man, what the hell's going on? Wolverine says, you know what's going on. It looks like she's dead. And this means forever. And you have Brian. He's pissed. Captain Avalon. You go. Yeah, I'm going to get that. What did you do to my sister? Yet a page later, he seems to have gotten over it because you have Saturnine who shows up. She's not dead. She's there. Hey, everybody, you know, I, what up? I'm here. I missed the, the beginning of the fight. Oh, man, looks like. Uh, so what was she doing that she wasn't there? This has to be part of it. Oh, man, yeah. missed the fight to the death. All right. Point. Think, and now we get uh, to Harry Potter. Well, I'd also think that Iska would be like, what happened? Is this how she normally defeats anyone? Yeah, she doesn't ask. I mean, if you're undefeated, you just go with it. Yeah, I, go to- I gathered that she's just, you know, very effective at fighting. And if she randomly shatters somebody into like, you know, billions of glass pieces, I'd be like, what the hell yeah, just happened? Nobody says any. So this would be like me showing up for the spelling bee. And they're like, okay, Jim, you're first. What's two plus two? What? <laughs> Four. You win. And I win the spelling bee by adding. And then everybody's just like, all right, one guy's like, I'll get you. And then I'm like, whatever. You know, and I leave because all this is is and you don't even you teeny hour doesn't even let this sink in. You have Brian, oh my God, Saturday, I'm gonna kill you for what you did to my sister. They're pulling him back. And you even have at points where, you know, Wolverine, whoa, settle down, buddy. What? No. And so all this going on, and then you have apocalypse. Like, I, I just, I want to know what this is. You have Captain Avalon. I will kill you. He yells to Saturn. Wolverine says, okay, settle down, Big Ben. He's already making jokes. They are standing on the pieces of Betsy at that point. Uh, and he says, I tried that already. We're not going to do that again, no matter how mad we get. I turn around and go, Wolverine, me and you are fighting now. I would be going bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. I'd be going I right think now. My score is going down. I'm telling you. <laughs> then Apocalypse says, This party you threaten, is it a challenge? Speak plainly. What is that about? Because all you end up Saturnine saying at this is, uh, Hey, so she's dead. They'll bring her back, darling. Oh, except I suppose they can if she dies here. You know, trash talking that is forever. What, what, what is she talking about? What, what is Apocalypse talking about? I don't even know what he means. And then she goes, oh, it, it'll be a challenge. All right. Uh, there's parts in this that I'm telling you, I don't think the panels match up because then it's like, oh, there it is. Cypher. He's screwed. <laughs> and, and that's the big thing. He hasn't wanted to fight. And now they go and take Cypher away. 
Now everybody, uh, hey, and, and then we haven't even mourned Betsy and we're losing Cypher. Everybody focuses on Cypher now because in Teeny Howard's world, you just get rid of things now. Nobody really seems to care at this moment that much about Betsy and what it means to get back or see Brian. They walk away from the pieces that are dead Betsy. They are still there. Everybody turns around and walks away. Why aren't they even trying to do anything? And it's just like, up. Oh, let's go to the Cypher deal. And then Captain Avalon, this is where he's a robot to me. He says, his sister is dead, Robin. I'm de- you, can you imagine this, right? I'm telling just put it into our kids. Something. The idea that he then says to Apocalypse, you had me worried Betsy would simply be humiliated, not destroyed. And now they've dragged poor Douglas off. What, what, is that any emotion to his sister dying? You just told me she'd be embarrassed, but not killed. And look at Cypher. Oh, my. And yeah. everybody's just. There's like a wah, wah, wah sound effect going on. Brian, you knew what this meant. You actually trash talked your sister before saying, hey, you know, if you go, you're going to die. He knows the state. This is nonsense. This issue is nonsense. And it gets worse because they're going to do this whole deal. And again, if you want to. Say, oh, well, you get some good moments with Cypher and Magic. But again, Magic's just hanging out. Yep. Thought I'd uh, come in because I needed something to laugh about. Th- this is five minutes after Betsy died. And and, yep. and again, if anything, even if you told me, well, Magic doesn't give a rat's butt about Betsy. This would be something that you see. And this is the exclamation point of what you were told. If we die here, we don't come back. That would at least shake everyone in this damn tournament to the point where I don't care if she's connected to Betsy or whatever. This would be like, oh, my God, I didn't think we were really going to lose. It never really sunk in that yeah. this was real. And it's yeah. just, just now it's just a, a wedding. And that's that wins. That wins both teams. And now you're passing out, you know, point to Gryffindor, point to Slytherin. I mean, that's all we're getting now because there's going to be a wedding. And I do like the idea of Cypher who can, you know, read anything. He can know every language. And he is, he is very intrigued because it's a language that he doesn't know, Bay. And he's like, I don't know what she's saying. You're so intriguing. But do you think, and I'm yelling and I'm going to keep yelling, but you interrupt me anytime you want. And also, do you, do you think that this wedding deal was set up at all? Any what? Like, no, all of a sudden, it was extremely, extremely forced. Did, did you? Did and you I actually that? thought I was like, I, I understand some people are like, let's go to Vegas and get married, but yeah. with total strangers, yeah. and, and nobody <laughs> a person who you thought was going to kill you like a few minutes ago, and you're like, oh, I guess we're getting married. Cool. And get this. This isn't hey, Bay and Cipher. If you get married, you both get points. You both get the points. If somebody says no, they lose. Then you're like, oh, man, come on, Cypher, take one for the team. But I don't know yeah. her or whatever. No, no. he, th- Nobody knows what this is really. All you're told is there's going to be a wedding. You have Cable giving thumbs up? I, what are they thinking? What what do they think in this? If they said, or this was Saturning because she's on the, you know, da- down low, she's cheating but she wants to make it seem like she's on like the best cheater would be the cheater who makes everybody think they're cheating for them or they're you know like that so you have saturday go to cypher listen 
you're not a fighter. I've seen this magic. I So what I did was I'm going to have you just marry this. And that is the way. No. Well, it, he doesn't not, even get that to begin no, with, right? He's like does. getting dressed and he's like, what the nobody hell's going knows. on here? Why am yeah. I getting dressed this way? And that's my point. That I, this yeah, ridiculous what's going clothing. on? He doesn't realize it's a wedding until the doors open. Oh, my God, it's a wedding. And uh, like you said, what, why is Cable giving thumbs up? What do they think is going on here? And, you know, all right. Well, this is a little weird aside, but I love weddings. Thumbs up. And and you just go with it. And it, it again, it's one of those teeny Howard things where it's not set up at all. And then it happens and it's it's ridiculous. And then it just is like, all right, we did that. Let's move on. Because then the, ne- the next part. And is- even even the Iraqians, right? Like they're all in. You'd think they'd be like, what the hell is this? Let's say you're just like, you know from the waist tough death cult and all of a sudden yeah. you're being told, Oh, you're getting married to the yeah. crack now, Owens. All right, cool. Again, what if, and again, we don't know the whole story, but what if you end up at the end? And like I said, you're tied and all you have cipher and Bay, and they decide the only way we can come together and make this work is if we get married, then you're part of the, Crack Cohen family as well, and you could all come with it. Like that would be the end of what you said that you would like them to join and go. But this at the second thing, and what you're doing now is throwing everything out the window because we had Betsy die in a way that we don't even understand. Then the next fight's a wedding. I, I mean, you know, what's next? What do we? Hopscotch? Oh are we gonna play? We I did not focus on the art, but now I'm looking at it. Look at that page where it's like Storm, Wolverine, and Gorgon, and they're. They have like the stupidest grins on their face. Like, oh, this is fantastic. I get that. <laughs> I, I, and here's the thing. If anything in this, that the funny thing or the thing I don't mind is that you end up having Cypher like, I was going to die. All right. But even then say, you know, I was going to die. Hey, Wolverine, we're going to have to figure a way out of this. What do I do? And Wolverine's like, boy, I've been in a bunch of marriages. This is nonsense. Like, so, like you have Wolverine saying things. You know, he says this is, mm-hmm. a, you know, hell next to a quick death, meaning marriage and stuff like that. But you never got that. Cypher's just like he – and then you even get the idea that you can think that maybe Cypher's being mind-controlled. He is so, like, just enthralled and, and going through like he's sleepwalking. Again, not my least favorite part, though, because we go from there and we had set up where you end up. And also, I like when she does pull her veil back and whatever. And then Cypher does say, like, holy crap, you are good looking. Like, I really got it. But you had already set up earlier that Betsy went to Jubilee and Shogo. Shogo, obviously, in the other world, is a, a dragon. And said, hey, I got to go do this tournament thing. But never telling her the whole deal. And it seemed weird. I know that she is been in other world because shogo was injured we'll get to that shogo was injured couldn't go back to krakoa because they were afraid that the injury was bigger than a little baby and he'd go goo all that people have to have been talking about what's going on like like she shogo was completely in the dark of anything that's going on or, or jubilee and and then so betsy says i'll get a hold of you at lunch we'll have lunch i gotta go to this fight thing and when she doesn't get a hold of Jubilee goes crazy and comes in with Shogo. Now, you end up having Shogo, Dragon. Shogo shot out of the air by Saturnine earlier, who couldn't seem to do anything, was so afraid of the fire, all that. Now it just changes to where you're going to have Saturnine. Yeah, I think I'll control that baby. I think I'll control that baby, Dragon, which was a huge thing not being done earlier. So that's not set up. But 
the, the weird thing about this whole interchange and what really drove me nuts with this is Jubilee shows up, right? Hey, what up, Citadel? Basically kind of says that. I finished my lunch and Captain Britain didn't call me back. So here we are. We have a buddy system. Shogo goes, ah. and then you have Avalon. Jubilee and Shogo, what are they doing here? Apocalypse says, I'm scanning her thoughts. Now, she's already yelled to them so they could just ask her. There's no reason to have to scan thoughts of Jubilee. Hey, Jubilee, what are you, what are you here for? <laughs> and what she would say is, I just told you. I just told you that Betsy did. Where's Betsy? That's all she wants to know. I'm here for Betsy. Where is she? She didn't get a hold of me, and she always calls back. So I'm scanning her thoughts. It seems she has been sequestered in the exterior camp with her son. She merely knows Betsy had a duel, and then Betsy stopped responding. All right? You get that? I get it. Okay. She's what she said. Betsy didn't call me. Somehow... Storm says out of nowhere, if she will not reason with your telepathy, I'll see her face. <laughs> what the hell is she talking about? What reasoning is it? He didn't try. He just says, you know, Wolverine's like, oh, man, we got a dragon. Awesome. We could use the dragon. This will be great. Apocalypse says, no, show goes dragon fire. It, it rips apart reality. We don't want that. Well, if she's not going to reason with your telepathy, nothing, N- nothing was set up. She has shown up. These are her friends who she's yelling. She just wants to know, where's Betsy? They could say, come on down here. Let's talk. You know, you're not going to like this. And we're going to try to figure things out. But it ends up where Jubilee goes bonkers and, and has Shogo. Shogo shooting fire everywhere. And I don't know where Saturday's like, oh. Oh, yeah, that was a baby, even though I knew that. But I'm going to end up controlling it. Come to Auntie Opaluna, you know, the one that injured you in the first place and shot you down. Come on, my people, they were all against you before, but here we go. Come to me. And Shogo leaves his mother. Now, it goes in a little more where, again, the setup seems to be that Saturnine has kind of told Shogo, which... Shogo's only a baby, though. He's not going to really understand things. Hey, if you don't come down, I'm going to kill your mother. If your mother, you, you know, you come here, you'd be my friend, or your mom's going to die if she got. But how does a baby really? So you end up having Storm grab Jubilee, who's freaking out. Shogo, Sh- no, no, no. Nothing's going to happen to Shogo, even though we're allowing Shogo to go to the person who pretty much almost killed him before. So you have that. And it's, it's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. You have Saturday, like, good boy. (laughs) Shogo, what are you doing? You flip-flopper. But, yeah, you end up then, oh, wait, where were we? Oh, the wedding? Points to both. Points to Hufflepuff. I'm yelling too much, Ruben. You you tell me what you think. I'm telling you, that that part where uh, it, it just is the pretty much the focus on what drives me nuts with Teeny Howard is the... You know, that, hey, if she won't reason with your telepathy, there was no reason. There was nothing. It was a panel later. All he was doing was scanning her thoughts and found out exactly what she yelled. There was no reasoning. There wasn't an attempt at that. Uh, but tell me what you think, Ruben. Yeah, this issue is garbage. And you just explained things I didn't even consider about how bad it was. I mean, I'm flipping through the pages more and more, and I see a smiling Wolverine on pretty much every page. Yeah, he doesn't care. And, and you'd think like two issues ago, he was fearful for the you know lives of all these characters he's so much so that he was going to kamikaze and 
you know, kill Saturday. Why would he be upset now, though? I mean, and Betsy's, only Betsy's you know, dead. Betsy's I, dead. I, yeah, who yeah, cares, right? Just, at the one point, <laughs> you go get her, girl. You go, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah, like they're on Arsenio Hall's car. Yeah, they're all yelling, which they know. Are they taking it too lightly? Because they shouldn't. But then Betsy dies and everybody gets over it after a page. And then things just go thrown. Why? And only I can think of is you have to force Shogo into things to get her on the side of Sam. So it doesn't, it's just that it's nonsense. This, the dialogue, garbage. The art at points, ridiculous. And the story itself just you have like, Betsy dies. They're walking all over the pieces of her. We don't, and then just a wedding, and everybody's yeah. fine with it. They don't even seem shocked. They don't even not one per, like Wolverine. You know the the thing. Man, if I knew that weddings would be involved, I never would have agreed to come here. He, he says other things, but you know, oh my, I, I just I can't. I can't. Yeah, the execution is just poor. And I was thinking about the plot points. Right, if you're sitting in a room with Hickman and. Howard, and you're like, oh, this is what's going to happen in this issue. I mean, I'm sure they'd go into great detail on that, right? But the ideas here, this could have been cool. It have been like, oh, you think it's a battle? It's not really a battle, right? But you need somebody that actually understands human emotion and causality. She's a and robot. Apparently, that's not her. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. And, and again, I don't know that she doesn't get the characters because a lot of times in this, I am learning some of these things about the characters as we go. So maybe I'm getting a bad intro to some of them with something like this. But I, like you said, I know how people react. I know how when you have, especially a comic book, how you should be able to have emotions. When Betsy died, I pretty much, I, I might have cared less than Wolverine, but if I was going to care more, it would have been from the reactions of the characters in the book. And you have the surface level, Brian, what did you do to my sister? Only to just wipe that aside within a couple pages. Like this, this whole issue could have dealt more with the repercussions of Betsy dying and what that means to the rest of them. And also I said, even if you didn't like Betsy as another mutant, this really is one of those things that throws you. It'd be like, you know, hey, we're going, we're going to D-Day. You're there. You may be fired up. You're ready to go. You're going to hit that beach and you're going to go. But the minute you jump out and there are bullets flying and you see somebody that was right next to you dying, things change. Things, you know, now all of a sudden, holy, what did I get myself into? And yet yeah. even a cipher who, yeah, he's going to have to do the next deal and freaks out because of that, but doesn't even seem that concerned. The next thing, it's a wedding, and it's just like, really? And I, I tell, I'm looking at it, right? Just Cable giving the two thumbs up. Like, th- yeah. Betsy I don't know died. if that's the artist. You blame the artist for that? I mean, some of the body language is potentially bad. I know we like to talk about um, a better book uh, that Chris Samney is drawing, and you think of how much you know that makes sense given like the posturing and the facial expressions and things. And I, I wonder if you mean this is power. an issue of <laughs> the, the, the artist also failing as well as the writer. It may be. And, and again, I am not sitting in the room with them. And, and so like, but you can think that if you're going to blame the artist, well, yeah. Or is it that there's a, you know, a, a script that, doesn't have that there anyway so you're reading and you oh, i gotta get to this so i can't i just i don't know the thing that gets me though 
You're a Jonathan Hickman fan. You think he's a good writer because he is, right? He's he's yeah. a great writer. He's yeah. a classic. He's he's not my favorite, but I you know there's times when you know you got to respect game. Where yeah. you, I'm there and I'm like, I may not love all the things he's doing with the X-Men books. I'm not as involved as a lot of people, but I know from reading his issues, this guy, he knows his way around the comic book. He knows yeah, that's his my way. Jeff John's take. I don't always love him, but, and, and I know a lot of people do, but certainly you can tell he's top quality, right? You know, and, and the books have that quality. So when you end up having like hawks and pox, it blew people's minds. Like, oh my God, look at this stuff. And, and you saw that he's playing a long game and all. And again, some people are out, but whatever. It, I, I know that he knows his craft. I, some of the things in this issue, I don't know how he could let even, it's Teeny Howard's deal, but you said they're probably plotting this whole thing out. Yeah, and I think so. I wonder if it's one of those, especially because she's like the co-writer of this whole deal. She's the other name on this whole deal. It's okay. What I need from you is we need to get Shogo here. We need to get Betsy there, but whatever else, it's all you. And I'm not even going to check because I can't see him reading this issue and saying, this is great. Like, all right, yeah. you nailed it. It yeah. just, even with, I'll point out, and you, anybody can disagree with me. I'm not going to say they can't. But you ended up having Jonathan Hickman swoop in right before the whole Ten of Swords where he basically told you more about what happened and what was leading into the Ten of Swords from the Excalibur book in his one issue quickly before we got into it. And I remember yeah, exactly. saying it ended up where that last X-Men deal, I was like, holy yeah, crap. I, finally, I was like, oh, this is cool. I yeah. finally understand what. Yeah, I understand the connections. About this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yet, you know, 11, 12, whatever the issue count at that point from we ended up a dinner. That's what scared me about this dinner party because we already saw the hunt before for the war wolves and that was complete and utter nonsense and again this is where teeny hour back if we're gonna have a bash session the idea that war wolves even you ended up changing the rules at the end and and this is what's happening now and it, it just worries me because it just doesn't feel like jonathan hickman here even in an overall scope of what is coming out of this so far where we stand right now after this excalibur book what this tournament is how long it took to get there might be his thing but just getting to hear where you're almost like, what's going on? Uh, you know, a wedding and Shogo? And I just, what? And so we'll see. And just Betsy. Add a girl, Bets. And then Betsy's died. They're like, eh, the wind comes and pushes all her pieces away. Nobody's collecting. It just drives me nuts. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a four out of 10. I can yeah. maybe go over, but I'm going <laughs> to be a positive four out of 10. I, I think I want to join you at four. I mean, it's I was my least favorite issue the, so far. Yeah, I was I was more excited about that initial sword fight just because I was like, "Whoa, what happened?" But um, and then I got so pissed at the second half that I didn't really critically analyze the first half. And when you look at it, it's just bad. Yeah, my guess is that because it's the Starlight, you know, sword, and that ties in with Saturnine, and also she has a deal. She wasn't there when it happened. All these things I think lead to. This well, and again, if you want to ask me why would Saturnine save Betsy or do this, in my mind, all it would be is blackmail and a, a piece to force Brian to become yeah. Captain Britain. She just wants him as Captain Britain again. It seems like she doesn't care how many people die until that. Now, I also had the idea, and if he was mute and all that, you'd end up having the idea where 
he might die and get reset and then she can mold him. But that's not really the case of how it yeah. can happen. So there, I, there was some cool foreshadowing in the Marauders issue. Um, at some point they're talking to Saturnine about not going to pieces. And she's like, not I. Yeah, that's what I'm you know, saying. That, like, oh, that's I think cool. that this is definitely you know, her. And she I knows think what's going on. I think that what she's going to play it out because again, when this happens, it does look like Iska hits the sword and the yeah. sword shatters. So it doesn't really hit Betsy. And I think this is one of those where Saturnine, in the grand scheme of things, even if it's not true, what she'll claim, you know, especially to Brian, is listen, your sister was going to die. There was no way she's beating Iska. Iska's the unbeatable. I think that she will play it to Brian, at least. Listen, your sister, she was going to die. And also, just imagine the idea, too. What did we already have? We already had that. You had Saturday and could play out the future. She played it out to Wolverine. She said this is the future that would happen. You can't tell me that she's also maybe done this little deal and figured out what and what and how and when. So she knows that this is had to be or Betsy's dead. And if Betsy dies in this and doesn't come back, I think she loses Brian forever. He's never going to be able to say, well, my sister died in your little tournament. Ah, I'm okay with that. I'll be Captain Britain. I think that she wants to force him into that a different way. I'll bring her back. I'll do this. She's here. If you become Captain Britain, and I think he does by the end, I think that you're going to end up having that and possibly both of them. I don't know. I don't know the Captain Britain stuff, but that's what I think. I also said, I think that that multiversal team that's still you end up having. And, and again, think back at that in the whole deal where you did in the last Excalibur issue, which up until this was my other least favorite issue of this. You end up having where Jamie kills the Jubilee captain but like why there was never an excellent like why but now all of a sudden shogo shows our uh, shogo i keep saying jubilee shows up here i think that you're gonna get like a whole deal and maybe get a captain britain core as well i don't know yeah, i've seen going. a weird a weird trend with the least favorite issue <laughs> yeah yeah it is um, <laughs> kind of was a thing before and i know that some people do dig uh excalibur even before where I hate when when people like I just explain some things that I don't like about it. But then they'll be on the other side where people have said to me, you know, oh, you don't like it because you're stupid. OK, <laughs> I guess I guess that I'm a dummy, but that's not really an, an argument. That's not going to convince me. Oh, you're right. I am stupid. I now love Excalibur. You're you're correct. <laughs> so, yeah, four out of ten. We both are. But. We'll be back with Wolverine. Ah, yes, it's me and me alone. Me, myself, and I, just like De La Soul for Wolverine number seven. This is chapter 16 of the Ten of Swords deal. We're almost done. I mean, we're getting towards the end, and and things have just gone off the ranch. They're ridiculous, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Written by Benjamin Percy and Jerry Dugan. Art by Joshua Casera. Colors by Guru Effects. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. I'll read this recap, even though, again, I'm depressed now. Champions of Krakow were selected to each retrieve a special sword to participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Morocco. Wolverine was one of the chosen, along with several of his fellow mutants. With all the swords assembled and the fate of Krakow at stake, the tournament is officially underway. It's underway. We finally get there. Now, who would have thought that when we were back there reading the Marauders, right, a couple issues ago, and you ended up having Cable, Kid Cable, and Magic go up to Isk and say, Isk, I hear you can't lose. Let's test that by playing pin the tail on the pog or pog, or guess a number, 
or three card Monty, all those ridiculous things. And they were, they were ridiculous, but played out in a way that was a lighthearted deal. Get to kind of see the characters. I said earlier that, you know, even see that they might even be friends if this whole thing wasn't going on, but a lighthearted thing coming before the death and destruction that this tournament will bring. We're going to take a breather. Let's have a little fun with some pogger pog pin the tail deal. And then let's get to the deal. And when we get to it, we do have Betsy, Betsy versus Iska and Betsy shatters in a way that we don't know what really went on. I said already, and you listen to this, this recap will end up tying into what I'm going to talk about in this Wolverine issue. But, you know, we, we really don't, See the stakes yet because we haven't tried to bring Betsy back and nobody's even reacting about it. But then we go and the next, you know, contest is a wedding. Doesn't make sense at all anyway. That That's like saying uh, we're going to have a, you know, cake baking contest. And then the next thing, it's whoever can do the half pipe on a skateboard. It, it doesn't make sense. But we have that. So you go out of that Excalibur issue Wondering what's going on. You're a little confused. Like, I I thought that we spent all that damn time gathering swords because we're going to have some sword fights, not a wedding. Like, why did we spend – and the stakes of if you go there and lose, you die, they've kind of been there, not really explained fully or explored, but also you're not getting that every fight. These were where you wanted to have the cards drawn and say, okay, Wolverine versus – Sumner, and you're like, oh my god, Wolverine might not be able to beat them, or, or Storm versus Iska. Oh my god, Iska's never lost. And I, I can't deal with a Storm. I, I, that's gone. I love Storm, but you've already tainted that a bit with this wedding deal with Cipher and Bay. So when you come into this Wolverine issue, I need to get back to things making sense. And having stakes. This is the issue where you're going to tip the balance between, okay, we're back on track or this is effing nonsense. And unfortunately, this is effing nonsense. After this Wolverine issue, I get so angry thinking that pretty much we've been duped. And not just in this Ten of Swords, mind you, because a lot of this stuff has been led since Excalibur started, right? People are saying, oh, that Excalibur book's important because how important is it now when we're having nonsense? And again, where is it in my mind that somebody came up with the idea of the things that happen in this Wolverine issue, some of them are more ridiculous than the jokey bit with magic and cable making Iska play stack the champagne glasses. Uh, th- that was a joke. Not And then it's not a joke. The joke's on us. Because we start out and you end up having Pogger Pog versus Magic. I like Magic. I, I don't know tons of things. And, and funny, most of my Magic things haven't even been in quote-unquote X-Men books. She shows up in a lot of other things. So I do enjoy her. So I don't want her to die. Pogger Pog... He's a rhyming and stealing. Anybody who rhymes and steals, I like. He stole my heart, he did. But I I don't want magic. So they go, okay, we're going to have it. They draw their swords. Oh, my God, it's going to be crazy. Uh, Saturnine grabs the swords from them and then says, oh, no, no, no. Uh, This is an arm wrestling contest. I'm like, oh, what is this? Battle of the Network stars now? You serious? Now, okay, Uh, an arm wrestling contest to the death? No, no, no. 
just an arm wrestling contest. See who can do that. Obviously, skewing the odds to Ryman and Steel and Pogger Pog, who's humongous. And so if you are a Magic fan, you might breathe a sigh of relief. If you're somebody who likes the stakes of this whole thing and, and seemingly thinking you're reading something important, then you're not going to be that excited. And don't give me, well, there's always twists and turns in the X-Men books because I'm twisting and turning the hell to the exit because this is ridiculous. So now we're two ridiculous contests to one kind of unexplained one. The odds are tipping. So what is going to be next? Are the odds going to go back to even because we have Wolverine versus Summoner in Blightspoke? We go there, and, you know, it's wacky, a little psychedelic deal as Wolverine's trying to figure out what's going on. He's pretty pissed, and Summoner jumps up from the sand below. They start fighting. Not much of a fight. Wolverine runs a sword right through Summoner's eye, through the back of his head, and kills him, right? Point for Araco. What? Wolverine's like, what are you talking about? Well, Saturnine explains, it's a fight to the death, and Summoner was the only one who fought to the death all right all right you're just messing with me i i need to have somebody wolverine just stop and time out i mean he does he gets mad but like time, who's doing this like what's going on because then it, it, it gets more ridiculous because now we're going to double dip and i you know was worried about this and what happens but we're also going to i get the idea now because the rules are getting made up as we go and the rules that are made up never really have any sort of stakes to them anyway, especially because they can be changed, whatever. And that's another thing. These are why when you have a sport, say, you have rules because you need that basis. You need to be within the rules. Now, if you want to have a story where it's just Saturning, messing around, and please don't don't take this long to get to the messing around. It started out like that. Just started out so I knew this was messing around. I could bail because then you go off to a drinking contest. And if that's not as ridiculous as it sounds, now it's between Storm and Wolverine. Wait a minute, they're both on the same side. Oh, well, that's what happens sometimes. And then you even get this little philosophical deal, you know, as you sometimes do in drunken drinking contests. Oh, man, it's like, you know, Araco and Krakow, we're all the same, so aren't we all fighting each other? No, 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 we have a tournament that we're trying to do. And, and I just want to spell out after Wolverine ended up losing the deal because he didn't fight to the death. It was Araco 4, Krakoa 1 now. And the scale's tipping in the ridiculous part of that. So you're going to have a drinking contest, Storm and Wolverine. Now, in my mind, as somebody who played sports and things like that, this is a no-win situation because to have somebody win, somebody's going to lose unless you can figure out. And this is also the other thing going on. Without really full, clear rules, you're not even going to get the cleverness sometimes of something like this where the participants can figure out the game and play that game back and somehow win points that they wouldn't have won, that Saturnine didn't think of, or Saturnine left the loophole, a, a monkey paw that they can take advantage of. But this is Wolverine versus, you know, versus Storm in a drinking cup. They drink and they get a point because you can't lose a point there, they say. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, so you end up where we're, we're now at 4-2. All right. What other nonsense do we have? Well, the next nonsense, we're actually going to get some sword fighting again, but it is Wolverine. Wolverine's back in it again against death, against 
solemn. And this is the drama deal. This is the fight of the drama, I'd like to say, because Wolverine just killed Summoner, who is the son of Death. Death's husband got killed by Solemn, so it is the revenge deal of Death. And this fight is whoever gets an appendage cut off, this or that, that, that's the big deal. It's to fight to appendage removal. Well, Solemn just goes and jumps off a cliff and then goes away on a dragon as Death and her flaming sword attack Wolverine. And at the point where Wolverine cuts off Death's hand... It looks like Wolverine gets a the sword into his shoulder, maybe lost an ear. Is that an appendage? I don't even really get why the appendage deal is a big deal with Wolverine. But yet, Solemn wins the point because he flew off on a dragon. Arako 5, Krakoa 2. Again, I don't really know what. Now, with that, you have Wolverine saying, oh, man, I'm still drunk. My healing factor here. Oh, I, but we knew this. And if he dies, he dies. You know, if he dies, he dies. That's my drago. Um, but it does. It, it's spelled out Saturnine in this issue is scrolling with Wolverine she, because he tried to kill. But I thought that we kind of I thought Saturnine was almost above that. Like she had duped Wolverine, letting him think or at least see what the future would be. And then you get to the tournament, right? You get to that. Now, if you want it, war in the meantime was the one who ended up eventually poisoning cypher yeah she lost a hand but now it's just like flame i don't know what she does but you end up with still arako getting these points it's just nonsense and like i said the stakes are gone who ordered the steak i said the steak the stakes here are very rare I should have uh, my my sound effects, but I don't. The stakes are rare. Oh, my. I'm cracking myself up with my dad jokes. Yeah, so you end up – and also it seems that you had to do that switcheroonie there with Saturnine getting Shogo just so she could fly around and get to places easy and then show up. Hey, look at me. I'm on a dragon. It's nonsense. And I like Joshua Casera's art. At first, it was a little bit of a like, oh, it, it threw me out because we've kind of had the same style for most of the books during this you know, Ten of Swords and Joshua Cassara comes, it's a little different. I've read this issue a bunch of times now and I, I, I don't mind it. I do like his art in general anyway. So I'm not going to say I'm going to, I don't like, but it did seem like, oh, it, it threw me out at first, but it's, it's ridiculous. We end up with just whatever Saturnine wants the rules to be, they'll be. So that means you don't have any stakes at all because any sort of win or loss can just be reversed by her. You know, small print things. Oh, it's a fight to the death. Ooh, I thought Wolverine was going to lose, but sa- oh, well, Summoner won because he died. That that doesn't do me any good here. That doesn't make me want to keep reading because we could go now for all these issues up to the end and just end up having it just decided on a whim. And yes, we kind of might have thought that might happen, but wait till the end. I'll even go with the whole Betsy deal. Having her die first even throws out the idea that in my mind of a good tension filled story, because we know that one of the big things that she is against is Betsy being Captain Britain. Now, wouldn't it have been a, a better deal where one of the real deciding things, not the first one, but the real deciding match was Betsy. And we had the idea that Saturnine was, you know, kind of messing with things. We, we, there's no idea. She is, it throws things out. So with this all, 
I can't think that this tournament is really what we're getting after here. I, I can't think that by the end, it's just going to be, oh, well, we won, we lost, let's go. You're going to have the horde come. You end up even having that little bit of a foreshadowing in this issue. Well, aren't the Iraqians and the Krakoans, aren't they really the same? So if we're fighting them, we're fighting our brothers. And say, yeah, I think that we're going to find out that the real dupe is just that this tournament doesn't mean. And, and the other thing, just to, before I give you my score for this, that kind of gets to me that I wanted to spell it out. With all this going on, the wedding the drinking contest, the fight to the death, but it's the person who died that gets it, arm wrestling. Not one person is saying this is a bunch of bull crap. You know, Wolverine is is mad. He's like, oh, this is right. You know, he's mad at the rules, but nobody's stepping aside and saying, time out. I thought we had to get swords. I mean, why, why did I spend all that time getting that sword? Because I, I just end up, I mean, next we may end up having, you know, a little runway walk off, right? Maybe a baking contest. Maybe we'll, we'll sprint. We'll have the 40. We'll do a combine. Maybe they'll play D and D next. I don't know. And, and all of these would be ridiculous, but would they be as ridiculous or more ridiculous than what we've seen? No. I mean, we might have a painting contest next and I'd be like, well, whatever. I mean, and that's the thing. I'm now at whatever because it, you got to win me back. Uh, you got to win me back now. Next week, and Ruben mentioned it earlier, I believe, Hellions is coming out and things like that. And Hellions will, will get away from this nonsense and see if possibly the Hellions team led by Mr. Sinister can fudge the things themselves. And then maybe that will be like, all right, Crack Cohen's taken to the streets. Let's go. But until something happens here. I'm I'm out. I am completely out in in the point where I'm pissed because I think I wasted time, and I had points where I I didn't read the X Men books and people said you, you got to read them. They're really good. Oh my Hickman and and yeah, Hickman's not reading all or writing all these books, but this is his story. Him and Teeny Howard, and they're just sitting there. And right now in my mind, they're laughing at everyone, and I don't like getting laughed at. I like laughing with, but not at. So yeah, overall. This is an FU5 for me. Uh, if you're not familiar with what that means, you can ask somebody who, who listens to the DC podcast because this infuriated me, even with art that I like. It's it just nonsense. The, the whole thing has been thrown out the window into a, a thing of ridiculousness. So that's it. The hell with this. I'm, I'm going to bed. Going to bed. It's not even late yet. I'm just uh, – this, this depresses me. It, it really – exhausts me and depresses me when i end up reading something that at the point and it may it may work out but at the point here i just feel like i've wasted months of time trying to deal with this crap so there you go next time uh, we have x-force 14 hellions number six and cable number six but i hope you enjoyed this episode a little longer uh, usually happens when somebody else joins in. Hope you enjoyed Ruben joining in for the first time. And, you know, let me know. Let me know what you think. Maybe you can talk me off the ledge. I know. I think there's a lot of us on the ledge. We'll just all hold hands. How about we get off the ledge and go read something better until somebody tells us that this is good, right? That's what we'll do. The hell with the ledge. We'll, we'll go. Solidarity, all of us. But thanks, everyone. Again, I'll... Repeat all the things and links and things if you want to go and talk to me. And, yeah, let me know what you think of this. Go over to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. I'll follow you back if you follow me. That is the rule. We have a website, Weird Science, Marvel Comics 
Marvel.com, where we do reviews, previews, and news on all things Marvel. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where we talk a bunch of things, including Marvel stuff, something that's coming out tonight. As I end this is me and Double A-Ron, Double A-Ron, me and him talking about the first comic he ever got, which I believe it was Captain America 359. It was the Wheel of Death Part 3 is what it was. And it's a crazy issue, especially as a first read. But we're going to have that up there on the Patreon tonight. And yeah, and most of the podcasts that you listen to on this feed, you can get early, early access to on the Patreon as well. And that's for as little as a dollar. So if you want to check that out, that'd be awesome. But thanks, everyone. And I'll talk to you soon.